If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to Season 2 of the Audiobook Club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined by actor, director and audiobook narrator Vikas Adam. Vikas, it's such a joy to have you on the show. How are you today? I am well. Thank you for having me. So, like, how's things going so far in 2023? How's your year going so far? My year is, it's, it's chaotic and, and, but good chaos, um, lots of wonderful things happening and it's, it's always, it's, it's, it's a go, go, go kind of year. What what are we in the year of the water rabbit? I think as I pull it up really quickly, because this is going to drive me nuts otherwise, (laughs) we are in the year of the water rabbit. Woohoo! That's all I can tell you. I don't know. Well, first of all, before we get into um, some of the amazing projects that you're doing currently, I'd love to know how you first got started out acting. Like, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your background and, and studying at uh, Syracuse University? Yes, I have always been a performer ever since, you know, as as with all actors it's the same old story it's like i emerged from my mama with tap shoes on only i didn't have tap shoes i was just you know performing all the time i just had that natural inclination and being the son first generation i was born in canada and being the son of uh uh indian immigrants there there's there's a certain expectation i also grew up at a time when it wasn't the norm nowadays uh i'm i'm a professor at ucla and i see a lot of a lot more South Asian and and Asian uh, students coming through uh, the theater program, which is wonderful and lovely to see. Back when I was growing up, it was it was it's a hobby, and so it was it was kind of a a challenge. Uh, high school wanting to wanting to do like the theater magnet and. Wanting to like be in the shows at in the evening, it it was a challenge. Um, but my parents, they you know they reluctantly would it was they would let me they would allow me to participate. But at the same time, there wasn't the level of support that my peers who who were American and who grew up in the culture had from their parents. And so when I went to Syracuse, I actually went and I, I was supposed to major, double major <laughs> in uh, theater and journalism. Nice. And yeah, and because journalism was also something I absolutely loved and adored. And I was, you know, part of the school newspaper back in high school. And But it was, uh, it just credit wise would not have worked because the theater program required so much of me. And, 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 and there was so much 
to put it one way, it was like if you did if you did the theater degree, you were doing ninety credits in theater and thirty credits in liberal arts. And if you were doing journalism, you were doing thirty credits in journalism and ninety in like liberal arts, if I, yeah. if I recall. And so so the overlap just it it wouldn't have worked. So I didn't tell my parents, but I dropped the journalism thing, and and I stuck to theater, and it was, it, it was it was a it was a great program, but I had a lot of growing up to do for myself, mm-hmm. and it was actually when I was over there that I actually got involved with audiobooks for the first time, when author Bruce Koval, who had his full cast audio company. Uh, in initially it was listening library mm-hmm. um, and I got to be part of a full cast production two of them and and that was that was my first experience with audiobooks and we were recording old school style we were all in the room and it was tape to tape reel to reel sorry yeah. and every time that you would mess up you would say pick up and then you would go back and do the line and and <laughs> it just opened up for me a wonderful, beautiful world that I had not experienced before. Yeah. Because I was not, I was at that point in my development as an artist where I was not one of the golden kids of the theater department. Hmm. To be able to feel like, ooh, this is something that I'm really good at. And hmm. then when I left Syracuse, I started uh, and working professionally. I, I was able to develop myself as a stronger and more confident actor mm. but that was that was that was the slight the, the, the beginnings and little trivia uh piece of trivia uh audiobook narrators Lori Prince and April Doty were my classmates oh wow and we we had we had a mini reunion this past uh in in uh April over at APAC in the Audis yeah that's fantastic. So, like, when you first went into when you uh, first started with that full cast project, what do you think it was about audiobooks, discovering audiobooks? Like, what is it as a medium that drew you in as a performer? What do you think about it captured you as an actor? I mean, I was, I was, I was the nerd. Um, I was the kid who we moved around a lot when I was growing up. As I said, first first generation, and my parents were trying to find their place in they're trying to find their place in a new in a new country they're trying to find their the the best place for them you know chasing the north american dream because we were in canada moving around so much and i was always naturally inclined to reading i i escaped into books and as a result of escaping into books i mean i i was any any allowance i had was going towards books the library the library was my haven. It was a safe place for me. And so every time we would move to a new place and a new school, the first place I would go to would be the library Mm. where I would ask the librarian, can I be a librarian assistant? And that and I'd be like there after school or before school, shelving books, um, checking people out, you know, with their books and everything. And, yeah. and, and so that's naturally how I ended up moving. So, so it really made sense to find that marriage of the two. 
That's fantastic. So, like, when you so starting off, of course, doing those full cast books, like when you came around to doing your first solo audiobook narration project, was that daunting? Was that like daunting for you, having you know stepping out doing this on your own for the first time? Nope, it was shockingly yeah. no. Yeah, it was my first audiobook, like by myself alone, was then in 2012. Mm. The story of that one is Audible at that point was doing a series. This is around the time when audiobooks were really beginning to kick off. Mm. And 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 there were a slew of audiobooks that needed to be recorded. And so they were Audible was doing a lot of college tours. So Audible had a workshop at UCLA. Mm. And it was open to students, it was open to alumni, it was open to fa- whoever. And I went and Scott Brick and Kata Mazur were there, mm-hmm. two, you know, I've, two amazing narrators who are very dear friends of mine now. Yeah. And um, Mike Charzik and Jason Ajalvo from uh, Audible. And then they had auditions, and Mike saw that I could do an Indian accent. And he was like, well, can you just, the, the text that I just gave you, can you, can you do it, just, just do it in an accent, in the Indian accent? Yeah. I was like, sure, and I just went ahead and did it. And two weeks later, I had my first book, which was The Urban Jungle by Samrath. And it was a modern-day retelling of the Jungle Book in the city, and it's Mowgli's grandson, yeah. <laughs> actually. And, and there were human characters who were parallels to the Jungle Book animals. And it turned out there were just a slew of books that Audible had that were from India that needed authentic voices. Yeah. And so that was my first book, and they had me record at Skyboat, which is uh, Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure, uh, their company, their production house. And Paul Bamer was my first director. And the funny thing with Paul Bamer is, who is an amazing narrator as well, by the way, and Paul and I had met years and years and years ago back when I was at Syracuse as a student because he was in the production, the, the, the regional theater production of Twelfth Night. Oh. Him and Robin Miles. And so I met them both. They, ironically, he was Orsino and she was Olivia. How it all circles back yeah. is fascinating. And Lisa Renee Pitts, another amazing audiobook narrator, yeah. narrator met her met her when she was doing a show at Syracuse as well. So that was already there was a level of comfort for me. Yeah. And also I think I was at a place where I was so hungry for something creative. Um at that point I had just graduated from uh graduate school at UCLA and I had stayed on as faculty because I had a prior teaching background and everything. Mm. Um because I worked professionally for years before I went back to grad school. And and so getting out of grad school there was still a bit of a it's what it's what I call there is there there is this morning period. There is that transitionary morning period of what you used to know and things can get challenging and difficult and tough no matter how much you prep for. And I was at this point where I was like I'm auditioning, I'm auditioning for camera stuff. Hmm. This wasn't at the point where they were they were like welcoming South Asian actors into the fold as much as they are now, and and it was it was it was challenging for me on on that level. And so when this came to me, 
I was like, oh, God, I'm so ready for this. And so, yeah, so there were no nerves. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. It was just a hunger to work and do my best and to be creative. And then to have Paul there was amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, it was, I couldn't have asked for a better first experience. Was there in those early days, was there an aspect of this craft that you found, you know, challenging, perhaps something that you wouldn't have expected, um, you know, without, without obviously prior to recording? After that first book Mm. and then, and then the next ones show up and you get to the ones where some of them are, they are not going to connect with you as well. And then it's, how do I, how do I give this the same attention and 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 respect mm. especially when you know i don't connect with it and trust me there and i've had a number of them that i just don't i don't connect with them i don't i don't care for them mm. but that means i but i but i cannot allow that to to bleed into the work that is that is not my job mm. my job is to present this as though it is shakespeare and 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 that's what i ended up discovering but but uh I think also my, my, you know, as you continue on, the prep changes yeah. and develops. And you start knowing what are you looking for. You start discovering with your own particular way of working. And then, of course, there's also, there's always the danger of getting too comfortable. Yes. Going, oh, yeah, I've done, I've done this a bit. And it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to look at this as deeply as I would have. And it's like, oh, oh, no. Oh no, baby child, you need to, you need to look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because then you just miss an opportunity. It's not that you miss like the old urban legend, you know, it's like you got to read through it because on page two pages before the book ends, you find out that they're Irish. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the big audiobook urban legend because everybody has a friend who that's happened to. Yeah. But I don't I'm not even talking that. I'm talking missed opportunities that are within the text that mm. you are unable to have completely played or accessed because it gets a li- you get a little too comfortable and you start cutting corners yes that shouldn't be cut i uh, along with thousands of other people um thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the improvised character voices video you did with audible oh um thank you fantastic really it was, i mean it was one i mean it was it was gold for me um as an audio narrator myself but also incredibly entertaining just as <laughs> just as anybody um but you spoke about translating status and nobility to your voice harnessing this through your body and i just wondered like when when coming up with character voices, do you think about it physically? Some voices, absolutely. Some voices, some voices won't be found or allow allow to to channel. And I speak about channeling because I think that's what we are doing as actors. We are channeling these characters. Sometimes the only way to properly channel is to find that physicality, whatever it is, wherever you are and 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 it's going to be adjusted i mean think about um you know even though we're seated for the most part does not mean that we are not using the rest of our bodies happy days 
is that amazing play where the actor is covered in sand for the f- uh, up to their waist for the first act, and then the, the sand comes up to their neck. And it's a one-person show. And Diane Wiest played, did an amazing run. I didn't get to see it over here, but I remember reading an article where she was talking about how even though she is buried, quote-unquote, and only acting from the neck up or the waist up, there is still so much physicality that is required and a part of it and the amount of physical prep she did um as an actor to to bring this to her character it it was it was amazing using that as a parallel whenever i'm creating certain characters so whether it is you know like my chin is going to be lower or Mm -hmm. you know than it normally is for this character or maybe my lips are going to be pursed in a certain way in order to get the proper sound or the proper accent yeah. sometimes. It's, it's paramount for me to be aware of what's going on in my body. And to that end, it's like, that's why I am always going to the gym, you know, three to four times a week. I am trying to get in touch with my physicality. I am, I'm big on character exercises hmm. um, and finding that, you know, just out, outside of here. It, it, it's our instrument. Hmm. So for me, it's, it's, I have to. When I, when I saw it on the video, it really resonated with me so much. Um, you mentioned accents there. When taking on accents, perhaps ones, you know, you're, you're taking on for the first time in that preparation uh, section of, 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 you know, of the project, what does your process look like for getting a, an, an, a, a, you know, an accent, an unknown accent down? Being scared as all fuck. <laughs> We're at a very sensitive place now. Yeah. There's an expectation of perfection that is happening as we are moving along in time as a society. And then on top of that, let's put the let, let's put even more pressure on ourselves because hello moi as as an artist and an actor and most artists and actors or we just want that we just want that validation and 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 stuff. I get scared as fuck, and I um S O F, no S A S, scared Oz fuck. I go scared Oz fuck because you know I go to Oz and then I come back, and and um but I think that's good. Because then that allows me to really look and see how much of it can I do um, and, and how I want to approach it. Mm. Can I, how, how, how authentic can I get? How much of a, sh- of, of, of a glimmer of it can I get? And the one thing we have to remind ourselves as audiobook narrators when it comes to like trying to be, quote unquote, the perfection and the perfection mm-hmm. uh, in the performance is this is being told through one person's lens. So whether it's the storyteller, the narrator, and they are taking on an accent, it's their ability to do the accent. Hmm. It's that them as storyteller. And so for those who are judging the work on, oh, it needs to be perfect, hmm. I also have to remind myself, I don't have the luxury or the budget to have a dialect coach on set working with me through all of these lines mm. for weeks yeah. before I do this. The nature of our business does not allow for it. Mm. So all we can do 
is do our best and make the strongest choices that we can. And sometimes that may mean not doing an accent if the book can allow for it. Hmm. And sometimes you have to do that. And there have been times where sometimes the producer will say, we don't want accents on this. Even if you can do a perfect accent, Mm -hmm. we don't want accents for this. And sometimes you end up going, I know. And then sometimes you're going, (laughs) and then you can just like focus on, focus on the words. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, how long are you kind of dedicating to preparation before each project at the moment? It varies. Mm -hmm. It varies on the piece. Okay. Some you start a few weeks before and you're just looking at it a little bit at a time. And then sometimes it's like, nope, like a couple days before. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, well, sometimes it allows for it. Sometimes it's like, you know, oh, okay, this is the type of writing where I need to be, it needs to be a couple days before because I can't look at it a few weeks before because I will lose the sense of where this is. Yeah. And if I start doing it two days before, then I'm on that wavelength. So it just, it varies each, each. Each book is its own, it's its own little ball of energy. It's this own little um, ball of energy, spirit animal book. And it's like asking for different needs. Mm. And it's, and I have to look at it and be like, oh, okay, here's a little bowl of milk for you. And okay, no, you just need this ball. I'm going to throw this ball and you're going to go grab it, run away. And maybe you'll bring it back to me or maybe you'll have to hunt you down and get it. Or in certain cases... Sometimes the book will just be like going up onto a tree and like, you know, dropping a turd on me. And I'll be like, (laughs) okay, that's fine as well. But we need to work together. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I've never, I've never thought, never thought of it like that before. (laughs) I, my, you know, my friends are like, it's a scary place in your head, isn't it? I'm like, it depends. (laughs) It depends. Yeah. It depends on what's going on. What does like a typical working day look like for you? Like in terms of like where are you recording? Kind of how much time are you are you setting aside for recording on a working day? Could you could you sort of walk us through like a typical working day in the life? Um. Okay. Wake up. Walk the baby for a child. <laughs> you know. Do do the breakfast. Work out in the morning if possible. Um. You know. On one of the three or four days. Come back. Try to be in the booth by ten or ten thirty. And it'll be a day where it's probably about five hours, maybe six. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I have done my due diligence and I have taken a look at the whole piece, and I have and and for me, what really helps me is allocating how many pages I have for the entire piece, whether it's like a multi narrator book or not. Yeah, and then breaking it down, how many pages a day do I need to get through? And part of prep also means that I have to know how many minutes per page it may be. And so to that end, I think it's so important for myself to read aloud the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Or to jump in the middle and read something there out loud and time it and, and, and go not not being making it word perfect. If there are mistakes, you mm-hmm. know, you know, go past them. And that also helps because then certain books are are going to require more time. Yeah. And you're not going to get through the same amount of pages that you would. There's there's the joke that I have with one of my one of my dear friends who, you know, I sometimes you know, we've been paired up on on some romance and we'll we'll be like, 
have the same amount of pages, but then we'll be like comparing like finished hours. I'll be like, oh wait, how many hours did you was yours? And they'll be like, oh, it was this much. And I'll be like, I think it's gonna be that much. And then I'll be like, ah, fuck, I've got a I've got a sex scene here, and those take longer. <laughs> So it's like, I have to now, that's added time for me to record because you can't, you can't go through the, through those at the same pace that you would. No, no, no. Another part. Um, and it's a little, it, it, it's a little, I, I giggle when I say that and I'm not, I'm not being harsh about that uh, in, or condescending in any means. It's just, it's, it's a giggle when we get to that and it's like, oh fuck, I forgot I had that sex scene <laughs> and that's just going to take me. That's going to be a few more. That's going to take about 30 more minutes onto this session than I originally thought I would do. Okay, I'll be a little late. I'll be a little late for drinks after. <laughs> With this line of work, there is, of course, the creative side, um, but also the business side. And that's not saying that business can't be creative, but just for the sake of this question. Um, growing your awareness, you know, searching for opportunities, the networking, all that kind of jazz. Did the business side come naturally to you or was it something that you, you know, you had to put the put the work in? I think I'm still putting the work in. I think everyone is. I don't think the yeah. business side ever goes away in the sense of like learning about what needs to be done. Yeah. Um I mean, I'm still learning about social media. I'm still I'm I'm learning also. I'm trying to 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 let go because I think the 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 person I was what 15 years ago would have thrived and and with TikTok and would have learned things super fast and would have been able to like you know jam through it mm -hmm. person I am today it's like I have I have that perfectionist syndrome yeah and and I'm trying to let go of that for example so I can just be like you know what you can put something out there and it doesn't have to be perfect you just need to get something out there sometimes but we're still we're still coming to a consensus the different sides of me on that so you mentioned tiktok there is a there is a growing community um that i've, I've really noticed in the past year uh, on tiktok with audiobook narrators i know you yourself are of course are on tiktok is that somewhere that you see yourself focusing you know in the future i don't know mm -hmm. not not because i don't want to yeah it's because for me it's about generating content that is fun and for me which is, it's like, I'm not, I'm, that's why it's like, for me personally, I'm not into getting on and speaking, speaking to the camera. Yeah. Um, that, that's just, that's just not, that's not my personal, um, inclination. And, and I, I always have to find something that's going to be entertaining for me yeah if i find it funny if i find it funny then i'll then then you know it's like i'll put it on not to say that i necessarily have to be this like comedic tiktok channel because <laughs> i don't want to put that fucking pressure on myself either yeah if it's taking away time to put the right thing together so for example i just put up a few stories yesterday that just sprang to mind had nothing to do with audiobooks and i was like but in order to properly get the thought and the story of what i was trying to get out it ended up taking 30 minutes to post this story. Yeah. And I'm like, and this is just, this is just my personal thoughts. It wasn't even, you know, yeah. anything audiobook related. So, so, so for me, I'm like going, okay, well that's 30 minutes I could have spent doing my word list <laughs> for a book. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's I've got I've got I've got a I've got a constant, you know, like uh, uh, inner battle going on with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. One of the uh, topics that I get asked to ask our guests um, on this show mostly um, uh, is actually uncertainty and dealing with uncertainty. Because, of course, uncertainty is a natural part of life, but also um, a, a massive part of, of, of this creative lifestyle we're currently living or, you know, hoping to live full time. How are you at dealing with uncertainty, you know, professional wise? Have you got any sort of advice to those who are perhaps just starting out that, you know, struggle with the concept of maybe not knowing what they're going to be working on in a you know, couple of months down the line? I think that's part of the, you know what? I think that's part of the business. You know, I have been an actor and a performing artist for so long. I have lived in uncertainty. Mm. So to me... It's it's almost second nature. Am I always thinking ahead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have also learned to set yourself up for uncertainty as well. For those moments where your where your where your brain is going to start circling and spinning, and it's something I'm constantly working on. Trust me, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to like I'm definitely not you know at the top of a mount preaching because I'm I've got so much to learn myself. But I think. To directly answer your question, I think it's it's because I've I've grown up in this particular lifestyle. I think I've really only had and things that come to mind, springs to mind one like you know full time job in my life, and everything else has been like you know what is the next performing job? Yeah. What is the next? What is the you know? Or if it has not been you know performance related, it has still been part-time or something where it's like I need to get on the schedule yeah 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 yeah. and I've never been certain what that paycheck is going to be I think that's why I'm, I'm not as freaked out about uncertainty I try to prep myself as much as I can for it but um I've also learned to trust the universe yeah and trust that it is going to I am going to be taken care of I'm definitely in a lot better place now than I was years ago. And I think, and, and every time, every time there comes a point where I'm like, you know, it's like, ooh, financial and something comes up. I think about, oh my God, could I have handled this particular financial burden before I did audiobooks? The answer is no, I could not have. If anything, I would have been like, totally down in the dumps yeah and so that puts perspective for me as to like okay so i can handle it it's gonna be fine yeah i do love the idea of really doing some work on on one's um perception rather than almost trying to you know if if you're coming from a nine to five and trying to make the audiobook gig or the voice act gig or just a performance gig work and instead of kind of putting plasters over like, you know, the security of your old life, really embracing that this is a new challenge. This is going to require a complete new a brand new mindset and really embracing that as part of it. And here's the thing. And, and just so that I can I can really make it clear that it was not it's not all this like you were saying the typical day. But there are days where I am, you know, OK, I start much later and then I'm working into the evening, have dinner, you know, watch TV and then, you know, 
my partner goes to bed, and I'm still up working. And then there were times when I first started self-recording. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm only used to working with in a studio with a director, but now I'm self-recording and I'm working with a with a new with a computer and I'm working with a whole new uh, DAW and I'm working and, and it's like I don't know and, and I don't know any of this. And I kid you not, I was probably pulling 18 hour days in in a separate office type of thing. And and it was just it was bone crushing and, and, and soul crushing at points because I felt that I was not at at the level I should be in in being able to do what I'm doing. But I think that's natural because I was learning. You know, I'm like, I should be recording. I'm not I'm not an engineer. I can't, I'm not going to and I'd be worried about, oh my God, is every sound that's coming in? Oh fuck, am I gonna have to re-record this entire book? And then you've got the allergies or the, the, the environmental stuff or what. It's like, oh, my God, do I not? Sell? And so it's a whole learning curve. And if you keep at it, then you're going to eventually, you know, hopefully you'll settle and you'll find your flow. But if you don't, and that's fine, too. You know, it, it it's... Every, everyone is different. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own set of things to work on. What do you get, like to get up to when not acting, you know, on screen or in front of a mic? What do you, uh, what can we often find you doing in your downtime? Oh, there's so much I want to do. I, I, I do want to exercise those, those dormant muscles on stage, on screen, um, again. But I also, it's like, I was, I was a avid writer. And I haven't been writing, and so I, I need to do that. I've got this long gestating book that I need to be work, working on um, about character creation through archetypes, which, you know, it's been my lifelong work for, oh, Lord, uh, close to 25 years. And 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 it's just been this system that I've been developing and working on with with my students who my, over the years that I've, I've been teaching, um, and... And I've taught a couple of workshops uh, for voice actors as well on, on, on how to utilize that. But, you know, suddenly you have to sit down and write it and it's like a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. So, so, so there's that. But it's, you know, and, and having a, a life outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute. I think I want to enjoy this. Yeah. I was going to say that the, the, the things that you mentioned, they're still incredibly creative. And I, I mean, from what it sounds to me, incredibly demanding. Like, is that, do you find yourself just, just being drawn to those kind of activities? Are you quite hard on yourself in that way? Absolutely. I, I am, I think I, it also comes from my upbringing um, about, you know, I, I, I grew up in a time when, and it's still, you know, it's still trying to find that. It's like, it's, you know, one of the reasons my parents were so worried mm. for me when I'm saying, I want to be an actor, <laughs> is is they're like, well, what the fuck are you going to play? Yeah. There's no one out there who looks like you. Hard, hard, you know, hard lesson. You're not white. What are you going to play? 
And, and, and so for me that, but then also on top of that, it's like, it's, it's the immigrant first generation mentality. You've got to work, you know, a hundred times harder to be seen. Yeah. And, and no matter what you do. And so they developed a very, very strong work ethic in me and, and also a drive. Mm. So I don't know how to relax, which is also something I'm trying to, to work on and learn. I'm, I'm the type, the joke is, it's like, okay, if we go on vacation, my partner is like, pool. Yes, yeah, just a pool. We can just hang out. And I'm like, the pool is cool for 10 minutes. But what are we going to really go out and do? What's there to see? What's there? How am I going to learn? How am I going to, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, that's, so that's something that I'm aware of and also trying to balance within myself. Yeah. Where's the uh, best place for our audience to keep up with everything that you're doing? Well, I finally am. I'm, I'm start. The website is is currently in development. There's a landing page right now at vikasadam.com, but eventually it will be done. Um, I'm working with my with a, a great designer on that. Uh, social medias: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, who knows how long Twitter will be for them? For yeah. The most it's like, but I but I really do. I'm, I'm not one of those people who like you know. Okay, it's on TikTok, therefore it's gonna be on my Instagram. I'm really not that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, you get to go to all the platforms to see all the different content. <laughs> nice. Well, I will uh, make sure that all the links to social media and website will, of course, be linked in the show notes. Um, I'd love to end the show by just simply asking if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about that we can look forward to. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The East Indian by Brindachari just dropped. Mm. And it that's one. There, there are a couple I'm going to be talking about. Um, that just came out. And <laughs> it's, it's about Tony, who is a historical figure, the first South Asian that is documented as stepping foot on America's shores. Um, late 1500s. Yeah. And so it is a fictionalized account of who Tony is. But Brinda is a Shakespearean scholar, like, like PhD, um, you know, Shakespeare Mensa person. And, and so she's woven Shakespearean illusions, specifically about A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, and, and the line about the Indian, the changeling boy and how it relates to Tony because Tony ends up seeing a Midsummer Night's Dream performed by Shakespeare's troupe. And so it is, it's, it's, it's funny, it's tragic, it is heartrending, but it's also very enlightening and beautifully written. And I'm very, very proud of that piece, Mm. um, and very honored to be able to, to tell the story because I really talk about accents that I got to play with on that one. I ended up going, well, he's American. So it's, it's, he's been here in America for a while, but he was British educated by someone, but he is Indian. And so I, I tried to create this amalgamation of an accent that had all elements of, of, of all three in there. So that was, 
talk about fun and trying to find the placement <laughs> and where it is in the body and based on 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 his age because he starts off young and then he gets up to his his twenties, yeah. and and then you've got all the other people who are in there. So, so the, you know, from different parts of Europe and and then Africa and then you've got the indigenous people who are there and how how did I, how to approach all that. Yeah. So that one has just come out and I'm very proud of it and I'm and and and, and it's just dropped. Uh, I just finished recording The Sea Elephants by Shastri Akela, which is uh, coming out in July. And it is a book, uh, a story about Shagun, uh, and he's in the 90s. And it's uh, he's, a, he's a young man um, who, who journeys and finds himself through... Um, street theater hmm. and the troupe um, as well as it's a love story and it is a redemption story and a story of healing um, from trauma and there is there there are there is there's a there's a, pl- a subplot in there regarding uh uh, gay conversion therapy in India in the 90s, mm. which is challenging and difficult, but very much needs to be um, brought to light. Shastri's writing, once again, it's beautiful, it's lyrical, it's poetic, and nothing is just there for shock value or is graphic by any means. Everything is just beautifully written. So I'm very excited. Only This Beautiful Moment by Abdi Nazamian. It's a three-generation story of Iranian men and grandfather, father, and son. Yeah. And it takes place from their points of view from when they were they're all 18. And so one takes place in like 1939, another section takes place in the 70s, and then another section takes place now. Yeah. And and his, once again, Abdi's writing is just powerful. And Abdi, I, I did his book, Like a Love Story, a few years ago, which is on several banned lists right now, um, which is Really? Infuriating. Yeah, Yeah, we've got a lot of issues here um, in the States with... uh, There's some censorship happening, and we are moving backwards in time, which brings up the importance, I think, right now of storytelling even more, and especially us as audiobook narrators. If we are Mm. narrating books that are uh, being challenged, because these are obviously stories that need to be told because there is a fear from the knowledge and from the story itself. There are always going to be people out there who are challenging and who are scared of what um Yeah. Is being told. And and uh so I'm 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 very proud to work with Abdi. This is my third book working with him and and I'm just thrilled. And finally I'm just gonna throw this out with a kiss we die by L. R. Dorr and I just recorded my sections for that. They did uh the Anatomy of Desire, and it is a truly, this is like done as a podcast. It's fiction, but it's done as a podcast, and you're playing these these characters throughout who are 
being interviewed by Rihanna, who is the who's the lead podcaster and played by Therese Plummer, my dear, wonderful, lovely, amazing friend. And and if you're if for people who are not so sure about audiobooks or want something different, L.R. Dorn, their the Anatomy of Desire, which came out last year and was also nominated for uh, last year, the year before, and was nominated for the um, Audi for multicast. And then with A Kiss We Die coming out, it it's so it's so well written and it's got so many twists. You're going to feel you're going to feel like you're listening to a radio drama. <laughs> you're doing a lot with it. It's so good. It's so good. So, yeah, that's 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 what's currently that's that's what's on my mind. There's I'm sure there's others others as well but um those projects sound genuinely sound fantastic really i'm gonna make sure that the links and where people can find those are going to be front and center in the show notes um yeah i'm a lucky guy i'm i'm I'm, it's like every time it's so easy for us to say you know oh but i want to be doing this or here's the next thing and and I always and, and, and trust me, you know, I, I get to those places. But then I, you know, it's like I sit back and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where were you? Once again, let's let's look back. Let's put some perspective on this. And it's OK to want and be but but be grateful for what you've currently got. And and that's so. So this is an amazing opportunity for me. I'm you know, I'm not just saying it for everybody else it's like yay buy my audio books it's also like for me it's or it's selfishly it's like i'm going oh my god yes reminder as to why it's awesome yeah that's fantastic that's great um i think that just about brings us to a close for this episode of the audiobook club thank you so so much for joining me on the show my friend it has been such a privilege and a pleasure to chat with you i I can't thank you enough, and uh, I I hope uh, we can uh, we can speak once again very soon. Seriously, hopefully, let me know. Absolutely, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook, annoyed that when the digital distributors say seventy percent royalties, they actually mean seventy percent of fifty percent or eighty percent of seventy percent, neither of which is an actual seventy percent. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, 
If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.